Good evening, everyone. This is Barry Cox joining you this evening for another podcast. And um, it's a mid, it's a Wednesday evening and a little rain around. And so we've had a great summer, we've had a great garden at our place, some great vegetables and stuff grown. And so hope you're having a, a great week and a, and a great summer. It's almost over here. It's, Seems like things are cooling down a little bit. So, um, sorry that we've been a little while in getting back with you and, and, and continuing the podcast. But uh, the uh, just the busyness of school has been made it a little bit difficult and just little interruptions here and there. But <clears throat> glad to share with you this evening. And this will be my final episode on the critical race theory. And our theme has been that the, the gospel of Jesus Christ offers a powerful, grace-filled alternative to critical race theory. So as we exercise the grace, love, and forgiveness that Jesus has lavished on us, we can overcome racism and its fruit of hatred and bitterness, oppression, vic- and victimhood. So therefore, this final episode will focus on three black Christians whose lives demonstrate the amazing grace, love, and forgiveness of a true Christian life that's dedicated to Jesus. So our our first example is Dr. Ben Carson. And uh, Dr. Carson became a world-renowned neurosurgeon after he executed the first successful operation that separated Siamese twins. He also was a presidential candidate and served as the the, uh, the, the secretary of, of the Department of Housing and Urban Development. And so he's uh, had quite a, an astounding rise from poverty to, to, uh, to tremendous success. And uh, his amazing life story has been beautifully illustrated by a Hollywood movie called Gifted Hands, which I highly recommend. When Ben was very young, his mother left his dad after she found that that the dad was a a bigamist. So Ben and his brother grew up in abject poverty in Detroit, Michigan. Now, his mom often worked three jobs just to make ends meet. And Ben, as an elementary school student, was a very poor student. But then his mom came up with a brilliant plan. She realized that her two sons were just hanging out watching TV after school while she was doing all this hard work. So she required them to go to the public library, choose two books per week to read, and write a report on them each week and present them to her. And she only had third grade education, but she knew that education can make a great difference in their lives. So the boys at first resisted, but later came to embrace the reading. And it made all the difference in their lives. Ben earned a scholarship to Yale University and then completed his medical degree at the University of Michigan. Ben's younger brother was also a great success and earned a degree as an aeronautical engineer. Now, Dr. Carson has recently published a book called Created Equal. It's an amazing book. I highly recommend it. It just came out in the, in the, 
uh, early summer, late spring. And he comments that, quote, what could be more racist than trying to ascribe to individuals certain ide ideological beliefs just because of the color of their skin? It is so important to evaluate people based on their character and what they do rather than on their physical characteristics over which they have no control. It is undeniably unfair to group all whites as oppressors as critical race theory and the 1619 Project try to do, end quote. Now, he further believes that the introduction of CRT into classrooms has, has had little effect, a positive effect at all. It's done little more than cause friction. And so he said he points out how that that critical race theory would have our young people believe that their skin color is a principal determinant of their future. Uh, they are taught if you're white, you're an oppressor, as are your relatives and ancestors. If you're a black, you're told that you're a victim of a society that's designed to maintain white power and white privilege. Blacks are further told that they are always at a disadvantage because the system is systemically racist. All this is taught to young people as they're trying to develop their self-image at young age, multiplying the difficulty of them coming to a positive self-image. So then Dr. Carson sadly comments, quote, to me, these beliefs seem like child abuse. Just because a child is born as a member of a racial minority, and without a great deal of financial resources doesn't mean that they can't dream and achieve like anyone else, end quote. Now, Dr. Carson's personal experience, what he personally went through, confirms the truth of this belief. Dr. Carson also has questioned critical race theory's attack on the police. He points out that due to tremendous media attention, most people believe that the killing of unarmed black men by the police is a common occurrence. Public surveys have even shown that most people believe that hundreds or even thousands of black men are killed by the police yearly. An objective look at the facts strongly refutes this misconception. According to the Washington Post, in 2018, there were 61 and a half million civilian contacts with the police, 61 and a half million contacts. Yet, the Washington Post database points out that the number of unarmed black men killed by the police was less than a dozen. From 61 million contacts, less than a dozen murders or kill, killings by the police. Dr. Carson points out also that that the cases are virtually non-existent when one is completely cooperative with the law enforcement. In other words, just to reemphasize that point, if people, if if one when he's arrested is completely cooperative, the, there's virtually no killings whatsoever. So, Dr. Ben Carson, tremendous example, great thinker, great experience, great 
testimony of himself of, of going having great success. Now, <clears throat> our next example is Carol Swain. She's a black lady who went from being an eighth grade dropout with three illegitimate children before age 20 to being a professor at Vanderbilt University. And we're going to try something a little new here. I hope it works out well. Um, we have, I have a, a, a audio testimony by her that I'm just, just going to seek to play for you and just record uh, as a follow-up to, to my comments here, and then we'll follow up after this. So this is, uh, this is Dr. Carol Swain, who became a professor at Vanderbilt University. Let me tell you how my story ends. I become a tenured award-winning professor of political science at an Ivy League university, and then at one of the leading universities in the South. Now, let me tell you how my story begins. I grew up in rural Virginia, literally dirt poor. I drop out of school in the eighth grade and have three children by the time I'm 20. I consider myself to be a reasonably modest person, but even I have to admit that's quite a journey. How did I do it? I worked hard, not crazy 24 seven hard, just hard. I made good decisions, not brilliant three-dimensional chess decisions, just good ones. I met people along the way who helped me and sincerely wanted to see me succeed. Not because they had something to gain, but because they were decent people. Almost all of these individuals, by the way, were white, but mostly, I think I was blessed in one crucial way. I was born in America, a true land of opportunity for anyone of any color or background. In this country, where you start your life does not determine where you end up. That works in both directions, by the way. You can start out with every advantage and waste them all. Or you can start out with nothing and become a success. It all depends on you. Your attitude is far more important than your race, gender, or social class in determining what you will accomplish in life. When I hear young Blacks, or anyone for that matter, talk about systemic racism, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. I want to laugh because it's such nonsense. I want to cry because I know it's pushing untold numbers of young Blacks into a dead end of self-pity and despair. Instead of seizing the amazing opportunities America offers them, they seize an excuse to explain why they're not succeeding. I was born into a world where systemic racism was real. No fooling, outright bigotry, back of the bus real. But here's what you need to know. Yes, that racism shaped the black experience, but even then it did not define it. Change was in the air call it systemic reform. The modern civil rights movement was in its infancy and the leaders who fought for equal rights for blacks were men and women of all races. They believed in America and were determined to see it live up to its highest ideals, ideals manifest in the Declaration of Independence and the US Constitution. Did I know growing up that George Washington and Thomas Jefferson owned slaves? I don't think I ever thought about it. If I did, I'd like to think that I would have had enough common sense to know that we can't judge men who lived 250 years ago by the moral standards of our own day. 
but I know that Jefferson wrote the words in the Declaration of Independence that made slavery ultimately impossible, that all men are created equal. And I know that Washington, Hamilton, Franklin, and Adams, and the rest of the founders risked everything to make my world, my America, possible. How could I not be grateful for that and for the sacrifices so many others have made to preserve it? The truth is, I cannot remember a time when I did not love America and feel pride in the belief that I live in the greatest country in the world. I knew if I diligently pursued my ambitions, I could leave the poverty of my early years with all its abuse and depression behind me. I was fortunate in another way. I was spared the life-sapping, negative messages about America that are crippling a generation of young people. These ideas are poison, white privilege, whiteness as a form of property, unconscious racism, reparations, microaggressions, police have it out for blacks, that the United States was created to protect and promote slavery. These are the ideas young people are told they must accept. And then they're told to reject the ideas that can save them, the antidote, the success principles that enabled me and millions of other Americans to escape lives of poverty. These principles aren't complicated. Work hard, learn from your mistakes, take personal responsibility for your actions. When I made the decisions to get my high school equivalency, attend a community college, and then earn four additional college and university degrees, I believed that my education would open doors, and it did. It was only when exposed to academic theories of oppression in graduate school that I was informed that because I was black, poor, and female, I could never do what I had already accomplished. Thank God it was too late for these toxic messages to stop me. Don't let them stop you. I'm Carol Swain, host of Be The People podcast and retired professor of political science and law at Vanderbilt University, What a testimony, right? Amazing, amazing testimony by Dr. Carol Swain. And uh, what amazing job she did of taking advantage of the educational opportunities she had and how tremendously they transformed her life. Our final example has the same theme of a focus on the fruit of hard work and taking personal responsibility for their own lives rather than being immobilized by bitterness and victimhood. Our next example is Senator Tim Scott of of South Carolina. And Senator Scott was, has a tremendous testimony himself of triumphant overcoming faith. He proudly proclaims how his family has experienced cotton to Congress in his lifetime. And Senator Scott had them, has this amazing testimony of not only what he did, but what what he experienced down in Charleston when his personal friend, the pastor of an African-American church in Charleston, what, their church was, was attacked by a man named Dylan Roof who murdered nine people and wounded 13 others. Now, amazingly, astoundingly, after the murders, all nine of the families declared to the murderer, we forgive you. And so Senator Scott has spoken and maintains and has, has affirmed this, quote, forgiveness 
is the only way forward. It is impossible not to hear the message from these families and not be hopeful. It is also impossible for such an act of forgiveness and unconditional love not to be embraced by a nation and a world hungry for truth. Those family members provided the truth. The fastest path to reconciliation is on the heels of forgiveness. That redirection and finding of hope is where the nation should be, not obsessing over the color of one's skin. End quote. And finally, in conclusion, as we, th- as we finish out this podcast, Senator Scott has also declared, quote, we are, we are committed, he's speaking of the people of Charleston and those who are his supporters, quote, we are committed to replacing hate with love, pain with kindness, and ill will and hostility with goodwill and comfort. We are going to saturate ourselves with forgiveness. This presents to the world a cure. The question that follows is, are you, are we a carrier of the cure or of the disease? End quote. Wow, what a tremendous testimony of of the grace and love and forgiveness of Jesus that that, that those families down in Charleston portrayed. And, And what a tremendous leadership what a, what a leader Senator Scott is to put forth this as forgiveness as the only way forward and and that they're going to replace hate with love and pain with kindness and ill will and hostility with goodwill and comfort they're going to saturate themselves with forgiveness what an amazing amazing testimony so praise God for for this and 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 just the 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 testimony that that this where this comes from is obviously the grace and love of our awesome God of Jesus and so just marvel at these people and and the example that they give us and 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 the really the only way to truly deal with the racism of our time and and how to overcome it so let's let's close in prayer Father, thank you for these testimonies. Thank you so much for Ben Carson, for Carol Swain, for Senator Tim Scott. Thank you so much for these guys and and their faith in you. And then then the, the fruit, the abundant fruit that they bear. And so, Lord, I pray that 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 many would know their their testimony that many would know the truth that they live and so lord i pray that you send this forth and that and that your truth would overcome the deception of 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 philosophies that would that would just cause hatred and bitterness and lord i pray that indeed your love your grace your forgiveness would go forth enable your people to bring to to just be be your love to be your grace to be examples of your forgiveness thank you lord we we trust in you we pray these things in the name of jesus amen well thanks for listening guys uh again please 
you know, share this with anyone that you feel would be blessed by it. And y'all have a great week. Talk to you again soon, hopefully.